One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 170, yes, 170, of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And today it's questions and answers, isn't it, Professor yeah, Calvin Newman? Yeah, we love a good Q&A session. So we've got four questions coming up. Um, if you've ever got any questions you'd like uh, me and Andy to answer, do just send them in. Um, so you can send them in to Kelvin, so that's K-E-V, K-E-V, K-E-L-V-I-N dot Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N, at sitevisibility.com, which is in the show notes. And Andy reads it out at the end in his lovely voice that he records every single time live and doesn't just cut and paste in at the end. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so you're calling yourself Kevin as well, or it's not just me then? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's Kelvin. There's an L in there, Kelvin. Andy. It's Kelvin! We've known each other how many years, Andy? No. Oh, at least 17. Anyway, <laughs> um, when you were five. Um, okay, right, so uh, we've got a bit high-tech, haven't we? And I'm not using yeah. pieces of paper. Yeah, you see, now that normally Andy goes at this point, if I rustle some paper, <laughs> but we've got it on a screen this time. I'm, so I'm craining just, my neck Is to it one of those Kelvin's ones where it doesn't, does it then sound weird that we don't have the paper? You know, like where you get these ones, like yeah, the electric cars. We don't put, need sound effects, Kelvin. Yeah, but you have like electric cars where they put an engine noise in it so people can hear them so shall I as you read it find a bit of paper and go like this on it and the first question is as I get this fake piece of paper that Kelvin is making a sound effect for but really reading it off his screen is is from Daniel Shaw and Daniel says good afternoon guys Uh, please can somebody explain to me how to have subcategories appear under your site address when you appear on Google. Thank you. So yeah, I think what Daniel's getting at there is, I'm sure we all will have seen this, where you search for a query or a brand name or anything on Google, you get the main result, but below that you get a series of links below it, the kind of indented, and there's a couple of different combinations. What are those links? Um, they're, they're kind of known as site links, right? It's the right. kind of the, the the lingo that is used to describe them within the search community. Now, essentially, they are determined. They they appear when um, a search result has a higher than they sort of appear either when one page has more than one result in the top 10 is one way of doing it if Mm. you see what i mean so if i search for um site visibility and the site links appear there that's because some of those pages are considered worthy to be on the top 10 in their own right so it's kind of google clustering together um, some of the results there but it's also just when a web page has a higher than average click through, click through rate for that search query 
So that's why it always appears on brands, right? So if I search for John Lewis, I'm probably always going to click on johnlewis.com. I might occasionally click on another site, but nine times out of ten, I'm going to click on that site. So that's why they get site links there. So if you can get these site links to appear on a commercial query, so like say it's, I don't know, um, LCD TVs and John Lewis are there with site links. That means that for some reason, Google think that you are either those pages deserve to be in position one and five, so therefore it bundles them together, or they think that like the links as a whole are very well justified, so therefore um, they will put more links in there. So they're known as site links. Now, you can't necessarily control what site links appear by choosing them. What you can do is if you, you've got Google Webmaster Tools set up, you can exclude certain ones. So you sometimes get ones like privacy policy showing up, which is kind of not really that useful. So you could go into Webmaster Tools, select the site links option, and remove that one from appearing as a site link. So you don't want your privacy policy to appear. Or perhaps you've got like a complaints page complaints procedure page and that appears that you want there. Or maybe it's just like it's an individual product and you just want category pages to appear. You can go in and opt out certain pages you can't opt in what you want to appear but you can influence that you can influence that by internal linking so what you will find is it's the links that are most prominent within the page so it's normally which pages are most prominently linked to from your home page appear within those site links so what that might mean is if there is a page that you would like to be appearing in those site links that aren't make sure it's in your navigation, make sure it's linked to a couple of times from your homepage, and that should help it appear there. So you can't necessarily trigger, you can trigger them just by increasing the likelihood of people clicking on your site, which is kind of a bit complex, but you can do that. Um, You can opt out pages that you don't want to appear, um, and you can influence which, which pages do appear by improving the internal linking to the pages that you want to rank. Okay, so no direct control, but you can influence. Influence, definitely. Okay, let's move on to the next question. As he cranes his neck round while trying to keep his mouth next to the microphone and read with his bifocal glasses, but never mind. This is from uh, Clint Till. Um, Kelvin is, is asking you specifically, Kelvin. Kelvin. Sorry. Hello, um, Clint. Um, at the first of the year, I started a new position as Director of Marketing for a lighting manufacturing rep company. Uh, We work with architects and electrical engineers on behalf of various lighting manufacturers to sell light fixtures. You can tell I'm struggling to read this, can't you? Shall I twist the screen? Let me move my microphone slightly. Is that a bit better? (laughs) This isn't working so well, Kelvin. Oh, paper, paper effect. Yeah. Uh, Manufacturers to sell uh, light fixtures, uh, dimming systems and automated theatrical rigging systems. We also provide 3D visualisations and lighting design services. One of my ongoing responsibilities in my role will be to maintain the website www.cotney.com. Currently, I'm evaluating the current website and have been generating a list of keywords based on our industry and our competitors. I have... um, I've utilised keyword tools in Google AdWords to help come up with this list. As you know, you can enter a URL and Google will crawl that particular site and generate a list of suggested keywords based on the content it finds on that site. However, when I enter www.cotney.com or cotney.com, that's without the www, uh, those are my words, um, Google returns with zero results. It's almost as if Google doesn't recognise the site as having any content, brackets, which, if true, will not bode well uh, in my SEO efforts, brackets. Have you seen this problem before? If so, do you have any suggestions on how to correct it? Thanks. I enjoy listening to your podcast, Clint Till. 
Yeah, I've not really come across this as a huge problem before. What it would suggest is, so the way that it works is, so if you're not familiar with the Google AdWords keyword tool, which is one of the best free keyword tools out there, thoroughly recommend it for anyone doing any keyword research. You can either put in a list of keywords and it will generate ones connected to that, or you can put in your website or a competitor's website and it will tell you what keywords it thinks are relevant to that. Now, that's quite a useful process just to put your website in there anyway to see what Google think is the relevant keywords to your website. Now, my understanding of how that worked was always that it was based on the content and the title tags and meta descriptions of the page and pages linked to from that site. It appearing zero results would seem to suggest that for whatever reason, it's not spidering that content. So the question I'd be asking, Clint, is, is your website appearing in the index? Is it based on Flash? Is it based on, you know, is your content kind of in images? It, that type of issue that you've got there. If it isn't, that's very peculiar, and I'm not entirely sure why it'd be doing that. So kind of, I'm a little bit stumped, but what it would seem to suggest to me is that for some reason, the website is potentially, um, Google is potentially finding difficulty in understanding what the content of that page is about. So things I would suggest to diagnose, that is put your website through a spider simulator to see what the search engines can crawl from that page. A spider simulator? Yeah, there's a number of them out there. And essentially all you do is you drop in the URL of your website mm. and it, it shows you what the search engine crawler would, would see. When wow, okay. Site. And essentially all it does is strip out the text, right, is what it does and it shows you the body content there. If that's showing up nothing, then they, it's a bigger issue than kind of the keyword research. It's about your site being indexed. If that is showing up, but it's still just not that tool, I would suggest maybe trying some internal pages, trying to look at your competitors to see that. But, you know, it, 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 Google's tools do sometimes do weird and unusual things. Um, but if you're passing that spider test, I think you're probably okay from an SEO perspective. Um, but it is a peculiar one and definitely one I'll be looking into a little bit yeah. more in the future. Bit of a mystery. Tell us how you get on with that one, um, Clint. And the next one is from... Troy Trewin, we know Troy, don't we? Yeah, regular he's questioner. Old, he's yeah. an old, he's an old fan of the show. No, Troy's not old. I mean, his his fanship is is well established. Yes, he's a, a long term listener. A long term listener. Hi, Kelvin. Brackets and Andy. Exclamation mark. Close brackets. Um, on my run this morning, this is part of his email. On my run this morning, I listened to Cast One Five Five, where you covered a classic episode. As a I classic, recall. yes, it was a classic one <laughs> where you covered LinkedIn. Uh, you mentioned you can link from your LinkedIn profile brackets and company profile brackets to your blog or site. Is there much link love in doing this? A few years ago, we had all of our team at Lucidica. Lucidis, sorry, that sounds right. Lucidica. Lucidica brackets, the IT department for small businesses in London, brackets, update their LinkedIn profile and ensure that uh, they listed the company website. Is this a worthwhile tip for other small businesses out there slaving away on their SEO? Good question. Yeah, I mean, I think principally, as I recall, those links are now followed. So they, that, that instantly puts a cap on their value because most of the links on social media sites are now followed, which if you've not come across that idea before, it's a status you can apply to a link which says, Google, we are unsure of the quality of this website. Um, don't consider this an editorial vote for it. Um, and that's kind of fairly standard on most social media sites. So you'll find that most social media sites, if you add, a, particularly if user-generated content is a possibility, they typically by default include um, no follow status that doesn't mean that that link doesn't have some value but it does sort of cap the value of it um what i will say though is it's a two second job that's a link to your website that makes sense so if someone's on one of your employees um linkedin profiles there's a good chance they might click through and come to your website so i would say definitely recommend anyone puts their company profile uh, com- a, w- a link to their website on their linkedin profile 
but not for SEO reasons. Do it for the traffic, do it mm. for the kind of potential follow through that can come from people looking on LinkedIn profiles and coming through to your website. That's the reason I would be doing it rather than for SEO value. There's a small chance it might have a small bit of SEO value, but that wouldn't be why I'd be um, suggesting that people do it. I would be suggesting they do it for the traffic, which I think is actually a pretty good way of benefiting your SEO as well. If you're looking for links that will send traffic, the chances are if it's sending traffic, it will probably send some SEO value as well. Okay, well, I hope you find that useful, Troy. And moving on to our final question. This is from Simon Oliver. Uh, Simon asks, Hi, Kelvin. Uh, I was just wondering if you had an answer to this. Um, How do you get a company... Uh, that kind of believes they need to get on board with a social media campaign and are prepared to allocate some budget but are unwilling to really engage themselves as they are really only half convinced of its value. This sounds quite deep and interesting. Um, We are working for a business in Bangkok where the owners are keen to be seen uh, that they are social media friendly but don't really do anything to support the campaign. It's like, great, we're on board uh, but you take... You take care of it and don't bother us any more about it. <laughs> I believe a social media campaign should be built from within a company involving all parts of the business and not just the marketing company. Thoughts, Simon? Yeah, it's a common issue. Um, I mean, we work on a lot of social media campaigns at Site Visibility and kind of one of our prerequisites always is, is that we've got a good amount of customer and client contact within that to make sure that that social media presence really does genuinely reflect the voice, the tone, and the kind of marketing objectives of the company that we represent. Now, what you do get is you do get a split. Some companies are far more hands-on, far more want to be involved. And for those people, often what we're doing is just providing consultancy advice and kind of guidance on how they should be using social media. Others, it's far more involved on our part, and they're less involved. But even with those projects where the social media is being managed on a day-to-day basis by you know a member of the site visibility team what's really 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 important is to completely understand their strategic objectives and business goals so you're always understanding that and to really kind of understand the company culture the company tone of voice how they communicate with people because until you do that you're just not going to be able to successfully represent them in a kind of social media environment so how do we do that well we always kind of try to do sabbaticals right So what we do is we will send the person of the team or members of the team who are responsible for that social campaign to embed themselves within that company for a period of time. Now, they're not going to get as good an insight of how that business operates as someone who's been there years. But there's amazing what you can pick up by osmosis and kind of deliberate discussions when you spend two, three days, maybe even a week in someone's office. Now, even if you're kind of carrying on with other work that you're doing for other campaigns in that time, you'll just really get a sense of how that company operates, how they think that you can then try and reflect. But it is more difficult, it's more challenging, and it requires um, a lot more empathy from the person who's kind of responsible for that social media campaign. But it can work, right? So we've had social campaigns that are really hands-on where the client's very involved, they've been very successful, they've had ones where they're a bit more hands-off. It's not always perfect, but sometimes it can help because you've got a single person. Because that's kind of the opposite to the situation that Simon might find himself in where we have been involved in campaigns where there's lots of people involved and actually then it can be difficult to please everybody all the time and kind of involve all the stakeholders. And the kind of the, 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 the happy medium is often the best place where... People are involved, they're interested, they're passionate, but at the same time, there's kind of a good sort of um, hands-off approach to getting stuff done. So not everybody's involved in every aspect of the, the campaign. But 
if you're faced with a situation like that where they're kind of going through the motions, you've got to be realistic with yourself. That if you don't think you can do a good job, it's tricky for kind of freelancers and small businesses, but sometimes you have to make those decisions. And we've done it plenty of times with campaigns where if you don't think you can do your best work on that campaign and you think that they're ultimately going to be unsatisfied with the result that you're going to get because you can't do the campaign how you would want, you kind of have to reflect that and try and you know turn down the work or bring them around to your way of thinking, which is tricky, but... Um, ultimately what you don't want to do is take the money now run a campaign that you know is going to be unsuccessful and then ultimately end up in an awkward situation where you're debating invoices or arguing over fees and that type of thing which can happen very easily what about from the other way around kelvin what advice would you give to companies considering outsourcing their social media well i mean i think that's first of all try and get work with a company who really understand your industry or your business and you can kind there's ways you can do that in the pitch process so get them to you know suggest some of the tweets that they would do or suggest some of the campaigns you know that they feel are similar or to kind of come up with some creative content ideas in that pitching process now what they're not going to be able to do is based on a couple of minute phone conversation come up with a social media campaign that entirely reflects your brand brand Mm. or business but what you want to do is try and see instinctively do the people within that business kind of understand where you're coming from and if they can do that if they can kind of in that pitching process sort of tap into the what's unique about your business and kind of you know express that in a way that you could see working well on social media that's normally a good sign that the campaign will work well so that's kind of what i would suggest if you are kind of going down that outsourcing route and also be prepared that you do have to put time in so some marketing campaigns some marketing disciplines you can outsource entirely give them the brief and then just sit back and look at the reports social media unfortunately isn't one of those disciplines but what we tend to find with our clients is actually most of the times they want to be involved and they're the best people to be involved. And what our job is, is to facilitate them in helping them do that by providing them the tools that's going to save them time with giving them advice on the best times to do X, to giving them advice on, you know, stupid stuff like, you know, we've designed hundreds of Facebook pages so we know exactly what dimensions to use. We know what works and what doesn't work. And that doesn't mean that the person who, um, you know, the client can't, you know produce that work what we allow them to do is save time on the research save time on finding out or learning by trial and error so you can kind of point them and steer them in the right direction and kind of help them through that process and that's where best it's, it's the same with all you know all kind of um agency supplier or you know the supplier vendor relationships it's about kind of collaboration and where that collaboration becomes as seamless and smooth and as instinctive as possible that's where the best campaigns work where it doesn't even feel like you know, it feels like you've you've all got the same shared objectives. You all know what everyone's responsibilities are and everyone just gets on with doing great work. Well, four questions for stupendous answers from Mr. Kelvin Newman. Thanks, Kelvin. Thanks very much for the questions and keep them coming. You know, we love them. And we'll see you soon, very soon, on the next scintillating episode of Internet Marketing. Goodbye. Bye. Why do I always do it high pitch? Bye. There we go. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, 
It's 01273 256 150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White is signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 